The following podcast is brought to you by Marks with Mikes. I have no problem calling people Marks. No, no, it's just, don't tell me! Mark. Don't tell me! Mamma mia! Mamma mia! Are you kidding me? Mark is. Mark is. Just got put through the table! Some Mark is trick just stepped on my sneaker. Oh my God! Welcome to the Marks with Mike's podcast. Here are your hosts, Mr. Six Foot Nine, Ryan Mack, and Dre the Juice Man. Welcome, everybody, back to another edition of Marks with Mike's. I am your host, Mr. Six Foot Nine, JT the Godfather, inside the house, joined. By my right hand man this time, Dre the Juice Man. I am back. They can't censor me because we're on the podcast, right? No, no, no. Okay, so you know who I got the welcome back. Hello for all my juice box daddy's back. And of course, uh, Ryan Mack is not able to join us today. Uh, we will let you know the status of what's going. Don't worry, he will be back. As soon as he can, but we filling in for down. filling in for Ryan Mack is uh, our newfound buddy. What's up, y'all? What's up, Doug? Definitely glad to to have you on uh, the show. Uh, definitely want to go ahead and jump into the swing of things on episode number 64. Damn, 64. number 64. 64. Hey, you know what's so funny? What's that? I actually went back and listened to some of our episodes from way back in the day. I was talking about like episodes like 10 and, and, and 12 and episodes 5. I'm like, Oh, we've been doing that for that long. Yeah, one year, one year running, man. One year running. But you know what? When I think when I think of six four, the the number six four, the thing that pops up in my mind is this. And tell me if you agree. I mean, literally, I'm so glad we made it to episode number 64, but not to get caught up on NWA, Easy and Mike Jones, Bond being Snoop Dogg. We're going to go ahead and move on to the topics of today's show. First things first, in no particular order, we have to talk about some of the high spots here from Impact Wrestling's Rebellion pay-per-view that took place in Toronto, Canada. We had the debut of a couple of individuals uh, there as far as for Impact Wrestling, as far as pay-per-view-wise. We had the pay-per-view debut of... um, Jesus, the name is escaping me, but uh, we we had a couple pay-per-view debuts uh, from this card. 
And I will get back to those names in a second because I cannot believe I'm drawing a blank. And that is just a sign of me getting old. Uh, but, yeah, all-timers. I think I want to get my AARP card very soon. Uh, but with that with that being said, uh, we I'm going to skip on to definitely uh, one of the most talked about spots. That was between Lucha... The Luchas there, the Lucha Brothers, I should say, Ray Phoenix and Pentagon versus LAX. And man, in two spots during that match, I thought that Ray Phoenix and Pentagon may have possibly died and came back to life. I heard that was a very good match. I mean, I, I, honestly, I didn't know that they had a pay-per-view, but uh, the few things I've heard out of that, pay-per-view was that match. I heard that was probably one of the best matches on the card, you know. So, you know, I, you know, I, I'm going to actually have to go and watch it, you know, what I was reading. I heard there was a lot of close spots in that match. So, that's something I'm definitely going to take a look at and see what really happens. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was a great card. Uh, all in all, I still have to go back through the whole entire card. Uh, sorry, not the whole entire card, but the whole entire pay-per-view and watch it as a whole. I mean, I've watched certain matches between lunch breaks and, uh, you know, breaks from working on the show and things or whatnot. But what, that match definitely stood out, especially when Ray Phoenix went for the, the Spanish fly and his body just stopped turning inside the air. It's almost like he just went down head first. Really? So, I mean, six months from now, who who knows what's going on with, you know, whatever version of, you know, their WrestleMania might be, and they're contending with, you know, Sweeps Week, with, you know, all these other things that people tune into on television. And then not to mention, too, that a lot of people are switching over from television. So, you know, I think some of the WWE stuff even gets a little overstated with, you know, how their ratings are tanking. I think television rankings are kind of going down as streaming goes up. So, you know, going to TV isn't going to make them an overnight success. You know, WCW had TBS for all those years, and they didn't even really start booming until, you know, you know Luger coming into the Mall of America and all that kind of stuff. But, you know, it, it, they're going to have to prove over a longer period of time that they're worthy of, you know, the kind of mantle that people are already kind of trying to give them before they even really get started. I can agree um, I mean, I'm, let's just be honest. We're, we're not going to get the Monday Night War. We're not going to get the Monday Night War ratings just because of the way wrestling is today. But I think it's a good, a good thing to have another large company to, you know, maybe get those viewers back to WWE. Maybe it'll get them to change the product because honestly, let's be let's be honest. A little stale. Yeah. I mean, that's why they're producing some of the worst ratings now because it's stale. You got a lot of their major players out, and a lot of them want to leave as it is because they feel like they're not being utilized. So, you know, I think the birth of an AEW and just the way that I guess they're treating their talent, even even with it not being on TV, as a, not a seeing a product, just, just seeing. The hype, I guess, it intrigues other wrestlers. So it's just, it's just a thing to see, just to give the wrestling industry a boost. Like I said, will it be Monday Night War type ratings? 
Nah, I don't think so, but it'll be a good thing to probably intrigue a lot of audiences back into wrestling again. Yeah, and, uh, you know, they're kind of trying to strike that balance, too, between trying not to be WWE 2.0 and signing, you know, ex WWE people. And, you know, if these disgruntled people are actually going to go to AEW and all that kind of stuff, but they're going to need some star power. I mean, aside from the young bucks and, and, you know, Omega and, and Cody, who's got a little bit of mainstream from his WWE days, you know, outside of the wrestling world, you know, in the, the, the wrestling bubble that we all live in, there's not a lot of people who know those who guys are. They may have seen their shirt at Hot Topic and, you know, people walking around with the shirts and kind of kind of know who they are. But, you know, they're not, you know, Dwayne Johnson or anything like that. So they're, they're going to need to take advantage of guys like Chris Jericho. And, you know, if they get a Dean Ambrose, that would be big for them. But um, hopefully they can get those other guys some some steam and get them the mainstream recognition as they kind of, milk off of the you know other guys so but i mean they've they've got a plenty of talent and pieces and you know ability to put on a wrestling show and they got the money too so they got it all they just got to put it together and and that that that's the whole thing that separates AEW from all these other companies all these other companies have millionaires behind them AEW has a billionaire behind them and Mm -hmm. honestly that's the only to me, that's the only difference at, at this point, far far as where, where these companies are going. Now, you know, this this past uh, WrestleMania weekend, uh, Ring of Honor and New Japan put on one hell of a show with, with the G1 Supercard uh, at, at Madison Square Garden. Now, it was and it sold out without the names of Omega, Cody, Hangman, uh, and so on and so on. This this sold out without it. And when when it comes down to hype, one thing about hype, it's hard to live up to that hype uh, all all the way through because as, as soon as as soon as you don't deliver on what you've been hyped up on, you start to lose steam. And that's the that's the only thing that I fear about it being hyped up so much because you know I've I've up before i mean let's not forget world world wrestling all-stars wwa which formed literally right after the doors closed uh for wcw and this promotion was big overseas so to speak in australia and they they signed they signed almost every single wrestler that did not get a contract offer from wwe after wcw was purchased and they had some big names very big names and that company folded and you, you're you're, so you're talking about steam. yeah yeah they they had steam they had stevie ray they had um they, they stevie also ray was, stevie ray let's just be honest around no. that time <laughs> stevie ray wasn't big well stevie ray is I mean, still an not alone name. not alone he oh, wasn't okay big. okay not around that time. all right so big. okay so stepping back from stevie ray <laughs> let's okay. say uh let's say besides stevie ray they they had Luger that, that was offered a contract. They had Jeff Jarrett, who was a big name uh, at the time. I mean, they had a lot of large I mean, names, I mean, I and they folded. You, and they I folded. agree with you, but you had you had David Arquette as your damn champion at WCW, right around that time. So really, that no, no, 
So they thought Jeff Jarrett would be the savior, and he wasn't. Yeah, but Jeff Jarrett is still a name inside yeah. professional wrestling uh, world. Because of his dad. Not, I mean, not not only because of his dad. I mean, Jeff Jarrett has made his own stride. And let's not forget after after TNA opened, and TNA TNA was able to hold on till now and. Trust me, every every other year there's always a rumor of, you know, this company possibly going out of business. I just don't want to see that happen with AEW. I mean, like like I, I said before, I want them to succeed at the highest level, but I think I just, the hype I, is too much. I just think that I don't think that I think that AEW will give us an alternative to what WWE is giving us. Because you see, WWE's been so complacent for so long. They're, you know, they don't really, they never really considered TNA correct. Correct. So now that AEW is here, I think that it's going to give them an alternative. Like I said, at the end of the day, it's just going to allow WWE to step up. Okay. So, not to cut you off, let me ask you this question, Doug. Um, Ring of Honor, New Japan, Major League Wrestling, Impact Wrestling. Is this not an alternative to WWE? So th- this is kind of where I get people tripped up if they actually want to entertain like a discussion about this on Twitter or something like that. Where it's like people keep saying that, that like, oh, it's good for the business. It's good for the business. You know, it'll make WWE better. All right, so. Are you saying that as a WWE fan? Are you saying that as a wrestling fan? Because theoretically, let's go and say that AEW does push WWE to maybe get a little edgier or, you know, freshen up the product, push people, you know, you know, just maybe push them to do things that are going to make people more interested in WWE and freshen up the product. All right. So now WWE is back to being good again. That kind of goes back to what I was saying before with, you know, mainstream and stuff like that. People don't have eight hours a week to watch wrestling and go across all these different promotions. So it usually just boils down to WWE. That's usually how I watch wrestling. You know, I'll have time for NXT. You know, if I really got time, I'll watch 205 and, you know, I'll, I'll check clips and highlights of other promotions and stuff like that. But on a given week, people only have so much time to watch anything, much less wrestling. So, I don't know if if AEW actually does start doing well to the point where WWE starts responding, AEW might hit that, you know, slow patch that we were talking about earlier where now the hype's gone, you know, Jericho's contract is expired or he's like 50 or whatever now. And, you know, all these guys are getting, I mean, the young bucks aren't young. <laughs> so, you know, can they sustain it? I mean, it's just a matter of what they do with these these guys that they're trying to sell as worthy of being WWE, but WWE won't let them in kind of thing. So all these indie guys that they're bringing in that have this success, it's, it's put up or shut up for them. I mean, if they got the money, the resources, and stuff like that, they got to prove that they're not just another Ring of Honor, that they're not just another New Japan because – they, they got to do something above and beyond. And it's not just as easy as, you know, cutting promos with swear words and stuff like that because Impact does that, you know. So 
I'm not even necessarily sold on the fact that we need like an edgier product necessarily. We just need something that is is booked well, like an NXT. That's why I love NXT. NXT is the perfect blend of the WWE production and all that over the top awesomeness with the boil indie feel. with the indie feel. I mean, that's the perfect blend of what wrestling is. Yeah, and, I, and I, I, I go ahead, Dre. I mean, I, I just think it would be a good alternative just to make it interesting. I'm not looking for a, a winner in this. I'm just looking for something to be like, okay, give me an alternative because when I can sit around and predict what's going to happen on Raw and SmackDown, honestly, I, I love NXT better than the main roster. I've said that to you a million times, JT. I love, I love NXT because NXT gives me that edge. I'm excited to see a match. Every match that I see on NXT is a story. Every time I watch a Raw and SmackDown match or a a pay-per-view from the main roster, just know what's going to happen. It's just so predictable. I agree. I'll give you that. It it, it has become predictable, but, you know, the re- the reason why it's so predictable to guys like us, I mean, because we we damn near study this shit, but right. uh, so for for the common for the common fan or the or the person that's new to wrestling, watching for the first time, it's amazing. But yeah. for 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 us, you know, people who have been involved in it, you know, x x amount of years, it's almost like okay, this is gonna happen, that's gonna happen, and there's your finish. I mean, you you literally yeah. know what's gonna happen. And I agree, and, and I think that's where you know, and and in the, the main roster today is built for that new audience. It's Correct. Not built, it's not built for us hardcore people that's been through the golden age era or the attitude era. You know, that's when we were on the edge of our seats. We're not on the edge of our seats no more. Well, the one thing I, I will say about that is. I've been watching like the Attitude Era, for, like ever since I started watching wrestling again around like 2014 or so. I got the network and I've been watching through the Attitude Era, and there's way more stuff in the Attitude Era that actually happened that people would bitch about now that, yeah. that we give credit for. There's there's people getting introduced with new music out of nowhere and they don't say a word about it and everyone's just supposed to roll with it. But you don't realize that if you're just watching all the greatest hits and stuff like that. But like if you're literally sitting down, because like I'll I'll do homework or something and I'll throw it on in the background and you know look at it every once in a while. But you you, you kind of notice the the little things a little bit more if you actually watch it week to week to week. So I don't know. I I what you guys are saying as far as we we study this and we've seen it so many times. I think that gets a little understated too because if we sat down and picked out all the sweet things that happened in, on the main roster in the last year. We'd have a pretty good list to put together. I mean, there's been a lot of cool things. Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins. I mean, a, a bunch of people have done a bunch of good things. It's just, you know, we have to watch it week in, week, week in and week out and see all the not so good things. And <laughs> it wears on us, man. <laughs> like, you get to wrestling, like, wrestling hour, like, five of the week, and you're just like, ugh. And it, and it does its purpose. And, you know, sometimes you're just moving a storyline along and, like, what do you want them to do kind of thing. You know, but it is what it is. I definitely agree with that. Speaking of Attitude Era, let's move on to the comment that Cody Rhodes – I'm sorry, I can't call him that. Cody 
made uh, in the last be, being the elite uh, episode that aired last week. Basically saying his match between uh, go sorry, I can't call him Goldust, uh, <laughs> Dustin Rhodes versus Cody. His main objective is to kill the Attitude Era. Now, here's my question that I propose to you two, and I'm going to go with uh, Dre. I'll get your answer first, and then I'll go on the dub. But here's the question. Can you kill the Attitude Era? Because literally, literally, that's exactly what they have been doing over these last three-plus years in the Indies. So my question is, can you kill the Attitude Era? Let's go with you, Dre. Uh, I don't know really how to really answer this because honestly, when I look in the Indies, I see a lot of the Attitude Era in the Indies, though. When I go to a show, when we go to a show, I'm pumped because it's like, because it's, it's that interaction with the crowd and the fans, you know, interaction, interaction with the wrestlers talking that shit. And, you know, they getting in your face. That, that that reminds me of the Attitude Era. So, I don't really know what it means by killing the Attitude Era. What are, what are you trying to bring in now by killing the Attitude Era? Because, honestly, the Attitude Era is what made wrestling back then or what it is today. Is that Attitude Era. You know? So, I don't, you know, I don't understand. I don't. I didn't. I, I heard that comment as well, and I really didn't understand it from him either. Like, what, what, what do you mean you kind of kill the attitude era? What do you kind of usher in, you know? But like I said, I mean, we could just wait and see. But honestly, I don't think we kill the attitude era. Okay, Doug. Um, I I think it's another perfect example of them. Really, I mean, because all right, so. The, the wrestling fans and pundits and us like us get tripped up on this a lot. Like, are we analyzing this from a fan stand, uh, a fan side, or are we analyzing this from, you know, a guy that thinks that this is a good booking decision kind of thing? You know, they're perfect at balancing that and and tripping people up and making all the people who want to believe that that was a shoot a sh- believe that it was a shoot. I don't. I don't think that these guys are delusional to the point where they think that they're going to come in here and crush WWE or that they're going to kill the Attitude Era. But I think that they know that people wanted to hear something like that come out of a promo. So, off the promo, you know. So it was. It, it was perfect for what it was. Um, <laughs> the the tearing up a little bit started to lose me. He. he, he, he I don't think he's a good enough actor to pull off the the crying that he was trying to pull off, but um, that that promo was fantastic. I mean, that's exactly what wrestling should be. It should be towing that line between shoot and work. You know, I mean, we, we all know that it's fake at this point. There's there's no delusion about that, but don't rub it in our face that it's fake, like WWE does sometimes, or not care that it's fake because it's fake, and you know we'll just forget about it next week, like. People don't always forget about stupid things like people shaving each other's back <laughs> in the shower on Raw. But, you know, that, that promo, that that's exactly what they've been doing this whole time building AEW, just walking that fine line between stoking that that 
that disenfranchised feeling that all these WWE fans that, that want to want to watch WWE, but they're not getting what they want from it. And they're looking for that alternative, like Dre said, and they're giving it to them. You know, now, wanna, oh, go, go ahead, Dre, go ahead. You know, and I want to pick back off that. You know what they, what they do differently in their AEW? And you can tell by the way they talk is they let these people talk. You, you, you get what I'm saying? Yeah. They let these people talk. No script. Nothing. They talk. They say what they feel. You don't have that in WWE. You can tell by listening. Hold on. Wait, certain wait, wrestlers. wait, wait. Okay. Time out. I said hey. certain wrestlers. Certain. Not all I was about to say, certain. because Sami Zayn has been uh, certain. Basically, basically doing this whole thing. Certain wrestlers. Okay. You, you, can, you can hear it in certain wrestlers. When it's when it's oh when it's written or when it's scripted and when it's rehearsed, you can hear all that. Yeah, you can. But, but that's what wrestling is missing. With the yeah, you missing that. You we know it's fake. We you don't have to tell us that. You don't tell us when it's fake. We know it's fake. But with 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 Cody saying what he said, it makes you be like, oh wow, that's right. how you do a fucking promo. That got me. That got me intrigued to see how it this did. match is going to be. Honestly, I, you know, honestly, that that did intrigue me. But here's the thing, and people may hate me for saying this: Can you really kill the Attitude Era by going against the guy formerly known as Goldust? No, seriously. No. <laughs> well, you can't kill any era anyway. Just like the Attitude Era didn't kill the Golden Age and Hulk Hogan and all that kind of stuff. There's still some right. people that will always consider that the best wrestling, and I'm sure there's right. older people that think that you know the the Buddy Graham days and and all that you know all the, or Billy Graham, sorry, uh, all that all that kind of stuff. It, it's we're probably never going to get to the point where we think AEW, even if it's freaking awesome is better than any of the things that we grew up with just because it's what we grew up with. You know, it's, it's, it's always going to at least be kind of what we've seen before just done in a new way. It's, it's, I don't think they're going to come out with anything that's going to reinvent the wheel. It's just, you know, I don't know. And what, and what that being said, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take a quick commercial break with this commercial brought to you by Pyro Slam TV. Make sure you do, do uh, look at our promo code, which is MWM for life, and you can go ahead and get one month free of Power Slam TV. We'll be right back after these messages. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv. Welcome back. That commercial once again. If you're looking for more options and professional wrestling, a quote-unquote alternative uh, to uh, WWE, no other place to start than right there at Power Slam TV with a dozen, I'm sorry, a thousand and thousands of hours worth of content uh, with uh, with that promotion, uh, which is Power Slam TV. 
definitely a lot of promotions uh, that are popular right now on the indie scene. You can catch right there on Power Slam TV. But moving on from that, I wanted to touch on uh, what you said, Doug, about about the shower scene from this past Monday uh, with the Usos and the Revival. <laughs> yeah, it's... <sighs> All right, so this is one of those things where it's like you can say, yeah, they did that kind of stuff in the Attitude Era, but it's it's not the Attitude Era anymore. It's not 2019. They don't do bra and panties matches anymore. Why are they shaving backs and thinking that people are going to be like so like, oh, my God, like they're shaving each other's back. I mean, that's just not the reaction. I mean, there's probably I'm sure people that are like, holy shit, like, oh, oh my God, they're shaving. Each-. Like, but I don't know, man. That's just to me. It's just one of those things where. If they would have done it better, it might have came off. But, like, I mean, they're supposed to be, like, sneaking up on him. And Jimmy Uso is loud as fuck talking in an echoey shower. You know, like, they can't hear him and stuff like that. So, it's just one of those things. The same thing with, like, the Alexa Bliss thing where, like, the one, like, uh, backstage dude walked in on her and she was changing shirts or whatever, like, a few months ago. If they would have done it just a little bit better, make it a little bit more believable. Um, make it seem a little bit more spontaneous that it actually randomly happened instead of like she was waiting for her cue. I don't know. It it may have came off a little bit better. So that could have been it, but I don't know. It's just, they're, they're, they're stretching to find things that kind of go back to that attitude era. But I think there's other things that they can do just to, that are way easier to pull off. Like, um, I was watching uh, an old 2000 Raw where it was right after WrestleMania. It's in, it's in May. We're like at the exact same point of the year. And it was when Jericho was the IC champion and uh, Backlash had just happened. So the Rock had you know, got the run in from Stone Cold, clearing everybody out. So now Rock's the champion. Triple H is without a championship. And he's on the war path with you know, the McMahon-Helmsy regime. And you get all these little mini Jericho storylines throughout the night that you don't really get that much anymore. Like when Becky was looking for what she should do as far as should she go and apologize to the McMahons, you got a chance to see what was going on with Becky all throughout the night. They don't do that enough. They, they try to like, all right, here's the Sasha Banks segment. Here's the Roman Reigns segment. Here's the blah, blah, blah segment. And then it, it seems so fragmented where if you're watching it every week, then you're like, yeah, this is moving the storyline around, but it doesn't stand alone enough on its own where if you're tuning in, you're like, Oh shit, I missed out on raw this week. Did this, this, and this happen. So they don't, they don't do enough to make each individual episode feel like something that you shouldn't miss. And they're trying not to oversell it, you know, and, or, and they know people know that raw in the middle of May isn't going to be the same thing as WrestleMania, but I don't know. You, they, I'm off on a tangent now, but <laughs> oh no, it, it tends to happen on the show. <laughs> no, no, I, I definitely, definitely understand what you're saying. But we as fans, and I, I think I replied on someone's uh, tweet uh, earlier this week. We as fans, we complain that we want something, and as soon as soon as they as soon as they give us. A little bit of what we wanted. Oh, thanks for thanks for doing that, but that's not exactly what I wanted, so I don't like it. And you know, I I, I definitely understand. Like, I see exactly where you're coming from with what happened with those two incidents. I mean, literally, yes. As I was watching Raw, I'm just sitting here. I'm like, wow, 
So you're sneaking up, but I can hear you on my surround sound echoing off the shower. It's right, like, right. It's like I know they hear you. So, uh, but uh, that 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 scene, yeah, it, it kind of made me chuckle just a little bit because it it brought back those those rem- reminiscent days of the attitude era, but not so much attitude. It, it was like, uh, yeah, yeah I, I got a little too, but it's not an attitude. Uh, Kind of, kind of situation, and, and and the same thing goes to say with the whole Alexa Bliss situation with someone walking in on her uh, while she's changing. Uh, well, the dude the, he, he he announced himself first. He's like yeah. knocking on the door, and then like she wasn't across the room or anything. Like she's literally like on the other side of a freaking metal door. <laughs> like she didn't hear that, and no headset in, nothing like that. If they would have just put like a pair of Beats by Dre on her head so that we would believe that she was listening to music and that couldn't hear the right. door. Boom. Perfect angle. It been made complete sense. Even like when the, like the revival came out and they were like explaining themselves, like you just tell from the audience that they're like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, so when you got heels that are supposed to be getting heat, like making sense in their explanation, like it's not, it's not working. Like it's a kid. I just, he's my buddy. Like I, I need his back shape. Yeah. It's a little weird, but you know, I'm here to help him out. Everyone's like, I don't know. That sounds pretty reasonable. <laughs> and they're like they're like trying to keep keep it going for like another couple minutes to keep the promo alive, but you know everyone had kind of been like, I don't know, back off, like. <laughs> right. Like so, and, yeah, and then you know, sidebar from that, I hope the Usos don't ever come down to the ring singing their own music again because that is that was mm, mm. at least our truth has lyrics and stuff like that. They were just playing their own hype, man. That was terrible, at least in my opinion. <laughs> I. I don't know. I totally agree with that because if they if they would have had like some headsets in where they can actually be on beat, maybe it would have came out better. Yeah. But yeah, but nah, that that was like, okay, here's something new. I want you guys to rap your song. Huh? What? All right. Give me the microphones. And they went off and did it. Like as a performer and as a person that, that's performed on the stage before, uh the the crazy part about performing is the, the when that music is echoing. Mm-hmm. Off, off, off the arena, it's it's coming back as a delay to you yep. as a person that is a uh, person that is uh, performing. So definitely give these guys some headsets because that did not come out well. Uh, so speaking of the superstar shakeup, uh, a couple things I, I definitely want to touch on. Uh, we're touching on Raw. First of all, I want to talk about. Of course, it, it, it's uh, the match that they have with the Usos. Is I just find it kind of ironic that you know mm-hmm. this is the very same team that they came in into WWE, WWE and invaded and pretty much beat up, and actually uh, had had a clean win over them during their first pay per view match. And here we are, 2019. These guys on Raw and uh, they end up picking up the loss. I would have liked to seen. You know, uh, a disqualification. I will run an in on the Usos uh, to kind of give these guys some steam, but it just looks like WWE is not going to use these guys. And with their contracts expiring, I think in September, I don't think these guys are going to resign. The rumor is they're going to jump ship to AEW. Uh, of course, like I said before, there, there's many other promotions out there, but you know, the the rumor is they're going to jump ship to to AEW, and uh. You know, this is just a tag team, once again, that they underutilize. There's no way in hell that 
Luke Gallows and Carl Anderson should not be multiple tag team champions. Hell, even four-time tag team champions. These guys should have held those belts just as many times as the Usos and the New Day. And it, for for them to pretty much tarnish these guys as a tag team threat, it's like, what was the purpose of you signing them if you, were, if you was not going to utilize them to their full potential? Because if you ask me, these guys put on great matches. But if you, but if you're not pushing these guys the right way, then fans, fans will not pay attention because they already know the outcome. Uh, Doug, what, what, what do you think about the 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 way the WWE has used the Good Brothers? I, they're a really confusing example from trying to objectively analyze them because for from like. They kind of got a little bit of that WWE, we overpushed you kind of thing when they were doing like those doctor segments and stuff like that. They didn't land completely. And then, you know, it's almost like backstage, they take that as a sign of these guys can't get over and immediately pull back on them. And, and then, you know, like something like this, like I always view these matches as when these guys come back out after a while and, They've been th- those. They know who people have been buzzing about. Like, where have these guys been at? And been two of those guys. So they throw them out there for a match, and it's almost like they're waiting for like the crowd to be like, "Oh shit, it's Gallows and Anderson." But like at the same time, we expect nothing from them because we know that they're going to lose the match probably because it's, right. the, it's the golden team out there is the Usos. So how are we supposed to get hype for that? And not to mention the fact that there's probably supposed to be the heels in the equation. So I, I don't understand how they – I feel like they give these guys opportunities that they call opportunities, but they're, they're almost set up to like where if something crazy doesn't happen that's almost not even scripted, then they don't stand a chance of getting over in a, in a segment like that. And that was a perfect example of I don't know what you were trying to get accomplished through that, other than just to throw them out there to throw them out there. Dre, what do you think? Um, I agree with Doug. It's, it's, I mean, this team was probably one of the best tag teams in Japan. Part of a great, um, a great stable with the, um, with the whole, um, oh my God. Well, the club. Thank you. Jesus. The Bullet Club, and then you bring them in and reduce them to nothing. It's like it's a prime example of it's, it's just it was what WWE wanted to do. It another prime example. You had the Hardy, who were probably the most over indie team out there before they came to WWE, and now they're reduced to getting beat down by Lars Sullivan. So it's like I mean, but. That, Huh? I mean, but let's let's be fair. I mean, yeah, I I definitely agree with you because when they came in at WrestleMania thirty three, thirty three, yeah, thirty three, that that was their time to keep them together. Then the superstar shakeup happened, and they split them up on different brands. Like I understand that you wanted to utilize them on both brands, but let's let's be honest, we we could have had the broken slash woken Hardys on Raw. And that would have been great and, and entertaining. I don't and, think uh, with that, I don't think that they wanted to, if if it was going to bomb on WWE, 
I don't think they wanted Jeff to go down with it. I think that's exactly what that was. Because like, yeah. all right, if, if Matt's going to go out and do this crazy off-the-wall shit that you guys say is going to be so mind-blowingly different and all, like, fine, we'll let you do it. But we're, you know, we're not. We're going to, yeah. Not Jeff. Jeff's not going down with this. He can still say that he's fading away and obsolete and the people that'll get it and, you know, will get it and the people that don't won't, you know. <laughs> I don't know. That that was, I don't mind them getting beat up by Lars Sullivan, but they, they definitely made some weird decisions in the tag team world over the last couple of years. I mean, I mean, really always. It's, you're never. The tag team division is always like a Sheamus and Cesaro away from just getting undermined. Like you put two singles wrestlers that are floundering together, like even like a Rusev and Nakamura. That why they haven't pushed them like they push the bar is weird, because they should theoretically be the strongest team out there because they're both you know, fucking Nakamura was a Royal Rumble winner, you know Rusev's Rusev. I mean these guys should be clearing people out, but they're not. So I mean this. Who, who knows what's going on in the tag di- team division always. So someone was posting about SmackDown basically being down to like heavy machinery. Like who who's going to get the belts after the, because the Hardys just dropped them. They just gave them over. So, I mean, who is ready that has any lick of momentum in that tag team division right now? No one. <laughs> no like, one. And it's just a complete afterthought. You're right. No one, no, no one at all, is ready to to take that mantle. And my my whole thing with, with that whole entire thing is the fact that you you have tag teams on Raw. Like, uh, let's talk about the let's talk about the Ascension, which got pretty much pretty much torn apart from Raw. As soon as they compared them, this is one of those things where it's like they should not acknowledge certain things. Like when they came out and basically called them a bootleg version of Demolition and Road Warriors and stuff like that. And JBL, that killed them. It was it was done. You can't say that. I mean, even if it's JBL, the heel commentator saying that you you voluntarily put that thought in their minds. And if you want to do that to get them heat. Fine, but you can't have then two weeks later on Raw. I mean, I don't even know if it was Raw 1000 or if it was like the, it was the 25th anniversary or something. I don't know. It was one of those like special shows where everybody and their mother from every generation was there and they just get their house, their clocks cleaned by a bunch of old dudes and the dude that's sitting there on commentary. And, and you know, it, how are we supposed to take them seriously after that if you didn't want to push them? I don't know. It just it doesn't make any sense to have some a team like that specifically. I mean, they're, they're the poster children for people who got pushed properly in NXT, and then for some reason or another, just were instant jobbers on the main roster. Exactly. And another person uh, who's a prime example of that. Let's talk about Robert Roode. Not calling him Bobby. We're going by grown man named Robert Rude. Uh, Mr. Magnum P.I., uh, the Tom Selleck mustache, the 1970s porn star mustache, Robert Rude. Uh, he is a prime. There we go. He is a prime, prime, prime example of basically 
uh, not being utilized right now. Now that he's going back to the hill that he was in NXT, is it too late? Because yeah. you you've already diminished him. I mean, you have a former NXT champion that you put the United States title on as a face, which Bobby Roode as a face on the main roster was, was not going to work. It was not going to work. I mean, if you're going to bring him in, bring him as a hill. But Robert Roode, the new transition of this character, uh, what can we expect from this character? Because I'm hoping for great things. I hope, hope, hope we, hope we get an inkling of the it factor from TNA. Hopefully, we we get something like that, and hopefully, the wrestling guys answer my prayers. And James Storm signs a contract, and they become beer money on WWE. But wasn't beer money more of a, a, a face tag thing? Versus- no, beer beer money started out as a heel that turned into a face tag team. Yeah, but I mean, but mainly I think more beer money. I think about them as a face, and I think about what established uh, Robert Roode as the heel, the monster heel in TNA was when he turned on James Storm. So, you know, I just don't see, you know, I don't see him coming. I don't, I mean, I just don't see if they're going to form beer money. I think, one, I think the crowd would be too excited for that. I don't think that it could take a heel turn. You know, so honestly, I think that, you know, going back to what you were saying, if it's too late for Bobby Roode, well, I mean, I don't want it to be. I mean, the man is 42, and, you know, WWE does have a a thing of pushing younger talent now. So. They push Goldberg. <laughs> Goldberg. <laughs> well, speaking of that, we'll get to that later. Oh. <laughs> um, We'll get to that later. Um, that's different though. They was, you know, what's 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 the the nostalgia pop? That's what they was looking for. So that's different. But I just don't. I don't know, man. I, don't, I just I don't know what WWE man. It's like you you want to think something, and you be like, well, maybe they'll do this and they'll do this, and then they'll go left field and do this. So who knows? Man? Who really knows? Doug, your thoughts on Robert Roode? I Bobby Roode was getting pushed relatively hardcore when I started really checking out TNA when I started coming back into the wrestling. So I, I knew him as face Bobby Roode, and this is when like EC3 was still messing with Tyrus and Rockstar Spud and Lashley was in the title picture. And I never really liked him as a face, like, ever. So when he came to NXT and did the the classic start off as a face, you guys are so happy to see me, and then just shit on the crowd and go heel instantly, I was like, yes, perfect. Because I didn't want to see him as face. And then he killed it. The whole time, you know, he got to do all those promos where he's doing the whole, you know, Ric Flair thing, you know. It, you guys, guys like Triple H and Ric Flair, and they like do all these like uh, interviews and stuff like that. Where they're like, "Oh, I, you know, I took that from, you know, such and such a wrestler, and you know, I brought actually brought that from, you know, you know, Nature Boy Buddy Rod. You know, so it's like nothing's new. You guys stole things. Let's not pretend like you invented the things. 
if Robert Roode wants to be a heel that comes out and says that he's got Rolexes and shit, let the dude say he has Rolex and shit. He has a Rolex on his wrist. Let him brag about it. He's a heel. So it's almost like they're afraid to copy things. That's why they shit on the Ascension and stuff like that. But then he came face, and I don't know if they got a thing where if the crowd's singing along with you, you can't be that much of a heel because that means the crowd sing along with you. So since everyone's doing this glorious thing, you're automatically a baby face on the main roster. Cause that's almost how it happened. Like he didn't turn face on NXT. He just was face when he came to the main roster. And then it never really worked out because he's, he's, his whole thing's supposed to be, he's like a huge ego and he thinks he's glorious. That's not a face character. And if it is, it's because, like, you were such a good heel for so long that you had to go face for a little bit. Like, he, he seems to be that guy that should be that kind of heel where he's such a good heel for a long period of time that you kind of have to give him a little baby face. Kind of like Kevin Owens just got. Like, he got a little mini baby face run just because he was getting so over as a heel. The crowd wanted to cheer for him. They gave it to him for a little bit, and then they sweep the rug out underneath him and then turn him heel again. But he has no momentum. I mean, we was just waiting on that to happen with Kevin Owens. I think that it didn't make sense to bring him back like that anyway. When he came back, I'm like, okay, so we're going to do this. I'll give it about a week before he turned on somebody. (laughs) (laughs) So it was like, you know, I I think that kind of thing. I was surprised that Gable and Root stayed together. I was expecting the same thing. I mean, that was – I forget who he tagged with in – NXT that he pulled the rug underneath. Uh, oh, Jason Porter? No, 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 uh, rude. Because they did like the Dusty thing, and he tagged with some other singles dude, and then he screwed. Ty Dillinger. Oh yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what it was. So yeah, I mean, I was waiting for that to happen with Gable. Gable's another one of those dudes who are like criminally underutilized. Like you, mm-hmm. you see all these dudes uh, or all these people on the roster, men and women tweeting about like what was it the revival in uh rude and gable putting on clinics at house shows and shit like that and we never yep. got to see it on tv but like they were tweeting about it all the time like you i mean they don't get told to do that i mean they clearly saw something good enough worth going out of their way to tweet about and you could have built that up as you know, Rude and Gable keep putting on these classics and they're just about it. And then you can do the Tommaso Gargano thing and just have Rude flip out on Gable for, you know, hurting his ankle and not being able to, you know, break up the pin in time and them losing because of it. It's, it's, you just, you have him fucking shave and that's supposed to be a heel turn. What the fuck? I mean, I, dude, man, I, we we're we're totally here. Like, we're we're all in agreement that they fucked him up. Uh, but I think there's still a chance. But they have to. When I say they have to do this right, they have to let him be full on hill. Oh yeah, we and we have to see that little bit of Ric Flair and a little bit of Rick Rude come out of Bobby Rude. Yep, as of hill. If I can get that then I'm sold on Robert Rude. Yeah. Right now, Bobby Rude does not exist to me until until Robert Rude proves himself to me. I mean, it's a little spooky how much they look alike, Rick and, Ro- Rick and Robert. <laughs> they yeah, look like it could cool. be his cousin or something, or his nephew. The nephew, Robert, I mean, 
Dude, you made fucking Kurt Angle, Jason Jordan's son, fucking have Bobby Roode find out that he, you know, but, you know, they won't do that with, like, a dead guy, probably, but, you know, they, they could if they wanted to. If you want to be edgy, do that shit. I don't know. I mean, it's, hell. it's coming to keep the legacy alive, and I need all of you to, you know, shut your mouths. Right, all you fat, nasty, overweight, smelly, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's why Elias works because it's just classic fucking heel it doesn't get old you come out you shit on a team oh your team just lost the Super Bowl let me remind you about it <laughs> like, right. it, exactly. it never gets old it doesn't not not at all it doesn't it doesn't get old because uh, the, the idea to get the crowd into the show to make the TV better is always going to be what you want to do and that's it doesn't matter if you're pandering to that city or not. It doesn't. It, it gets the crowd into it, and that's what makes it fun watching at home because, like, all oh, the crowd's fucking into it. The, the, you know, it's good show. Exactly. Now, one other t- one other thing I wanted to mention from the Superstar Shakeup before I get on to um, the next two things that we're just gonna just plunge into. Uh, I wanted to talk about the superstar shakeup move of moving Aleister Black to SmackDown. Now, I did predict this on the, on the Dark Match podcast with uh, me and Pat that he would go to SmackDown Ricochet would be on Raw. Now, do you think that they're trying to push Aleister Black at this, at this moment as a heel with, with these dark promos? It's really hard to tell um, be, because that kind of character is perfect tweener face for an NXT and it's dreams Vince is going to turn you heel on main roster. Um, so I don't necessarily oppose it. And if he, if he turned into a badass heel, I'm completely fine with Aleister Black being a badass heel. I just hope that they don't get too hokey with him. Um, you know, the, them tweaking with like the entrances to add like cricking to the, like the thing coming up. Like that's, oh. that's fine. It's, it's, it's fine, I guess. Um, I don't know, but like if they go too far with it, it, it could get really, I, I hope there's someone backstage like keeping an eye on that kind of, I I would be looking at him as a long-term project. So hopefully he's got like a senior dude that's like working with him and stuff like that, because there's no reason why he shouldn't be in your main event picture on SmackDown. Like just, there's absolutely zero reason. Um, (laughs) I would, I wouldn't even, I guess maybe I see it first if you don't want to push him too strong, but I mean, that dude's got main event written on him all over. I mean, it's, it's to me, um, but, you know, and Ricochet is made for Raw. If they're going to be trying to fill three fucking commercial break long matches, one of those kind of matches, I mean, he'll give you, you know, a 30-minute match if you need to keep the crowd into it in a three-hour show. So, yeah, it's I can't tell. It, 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 it's, he could be heel, he could be face, but they they seem to have a hard time making faces that aren't generic vanilla fucking I'm so happy to be here and we did this together and oh my god it's all so great that we're all here and this is my dream and you know it's 
if you keep, if that dude ever says anything related to anything close to that, it's over. <laughs> I agree. Uh, what do, What do you think, Dre? Uh, far as it goes down to Alistair Black, let let all the juice boxes I mean, out there know. Well, the juice man knows the real reason why he's on SmackDown, but we're gonna go with our so called reason why we, you know. I think he will be a long term project. Um, um, I could, you know, I just hope they don't tweak him like like Doug said. Don't tweak him too much because just stick to the originality of him because he's a hell of a talent and you can do big things with him if he's used right. So I'm just hoping that Vince doesn't, you know, mess him up. But knowing Vince, he probably will. And Ricochet. As good as Ricochet is, and I know how good he can be, I don't think he should be on Raw. 205. Uh, I mean, I, I think he'll flourish on 205, but Raw ain't just the place for him because I just see him in a few months getting lost in the sauce, man. I don't, I really don't want that to happen. I want to see big things for Ricochet. Man, that man's a hell of a talent, a hell of a talent. I just, I just, him being on Raw, I just don't. I don't like it. I don't, I hate it. I hate him being on Raw. He should have went to SmackDown with Aleister Black. He split them two up. I mean, we know they're good single stars, but I think he will flourish. I think he will flourish on SmackDown a lot better. I just don't, I don't know, man. It, it, it's a, you know, hopefully I get food wrong. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a show me time just. Just let me see. Let me see how they work him on, on Raw. So, you know, I'll definitely watch Ricochet close in the next few months. Okay. But what about SmackDown even just – I mean, is SmackDown going to be SmackDown going for it? But they're going to Fox and everything. They, I mean, they got Reigns over there. I mean, it, they're changing the culture on SmackDown without – I don't know if anyone – I mean, I don't know how I you know. can have like – you can have that like underground – these are the guys that like should have more FaceTime and then have Reigns on that same show. Like it's, it, it's they're, they're trying to change the ch- I don't know if they're going to do a brand merger again. I hope they don't just because I think that there, there's so many damn people that they need extra belts and extra airtime and stuff like that. But yeah. uh, SmackDown could not be the SmackDown that we think of it as for too much longer if you know Fox wants it to be full of stars and shit like that. Yeah, and, that's true. And here here's the thing, uh to to touch on Alistair Black and what you just mentioned about Fox. Uh Fox wants a more edgier product and it wants more proven athletes on on the show. Now uh definitely with the roster that SmackDown has currently, it's great, but they're gonna need to spice it up. Now, when it does come to Alistair Black, um, Alistair Black, to me, and it could just be me, but I think what Vince is trying to do with him is make him another Undertaker-type character, in a sense. Not the full-on, you know, not the full-on Ministry of Darkness. Uh, well, I guess I guess you could say he, he does have, like, a darkness about him, Right. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't say full on Ministry of Darkness. But he wants that Undertaker mystique. We need a passing of the torch because they totally screwed that up with Bray Wyatt, 
at WrestleMania mm. 31, which I think even with a bad ankle, I, I think Wyatt should have went over. Honestly, if I have to be honest with you, I think Wyatt should have went over on Cena at WrestleMania 30. The only thing you did when you did not allow Wyatt to pick up that win was kill his momentum as this mystical character. Uh, but I believe going back to Alistair Black, that could be the direction that they're trying to go with him. And I would not mind it. I just don't want too much of the Undertaker, you know, the Undertaker feel to it. I want that same originality that we have, but a little bit more darker. Now, when it does come to Ricochet, I will say this. Uh, I agree with you, Dre, about him being on Raw, getting lost in the shuffle. Uh, inside that shuffle of Raw in those three hours because there's so many damn talent. But I believe what they need to do is feature the 205 Live matches, some of them, at least one, on Raw per week to, to, to help give 205 back that buzz. And I think the perfect person to breathe life inside 205 Live would be a ricochet. First of all, he's he. I, I think, if I'm not mistaken, he's 195 pounds or 200 pounds soaking wet, and uh, he's a he's a he's a great great guy outside the ring. Got the chance to speak with him uh, at WrestleMania 34 during the weekend. He's just a humble guy, and I think I think he wouldn't mind doing whatever he could for the business to to grow the brand to, to grow that brand. But I think. If he doesn't want to get lost in the shuffle, he needs to be featured on Raw as a 205 Live talent in order to bring 205 back back to that buzz that it once had because it just took away Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy's mm. now, now on SmackDown. And Buddy Murphy was one of the best things that happened to 205 Live, period, within, within the last year of, of, this, uh, of it being an actual brand. But... Um, I definitely think that he does uh, He does need to be featured that way in Raw. I mean, I understand you like the story of the, you know, the, the little guy uh, fighting against Giants and overcoming, but we have a lot of that on Raw already. We don't need seven stories of, you know, seven little guys trying to overcome something. You know, we have Chad Gable. We, we used to have Finn Balor. I mean, uh, I'm wrong, but there's too many stories of that. I, I believe if you want to you really u- utilize him the right way and help help the 205 Live brand, then use him that way. What, what, what do you guys think? I don't know if you <clears> – I, I hated when they, they segmented it so much where they changed the rope colors and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah don't do that shit. Don't do that, but – I liked how they started to blend like a, a Leo Rush and like some other dudes into the to the fold a little bit, like they were trying to cut into the main roster. Um, but they got a show, and they should do this with NXT too. I've been on this train for a while myself, as far as NXT goes, and they could do it with Two Hundred Five Live too. But they got to find. You have three. You, they bitch about coming up with three hours of content every week for Monday Night Raw. Use a ten-minute segment or a five-minute segment, to go over what happened on NXT. What, here's what you missed on last week's NXT. Here's what you missed on last week's 205 Live. Make people feel like they're missing out on awesome shit in those two brands so you get eyes to those brands, and then the more people that watch those shows, 
the better it'll be when they come to main roster. The more people will know who they are. Even if they didn't actually go to the network to find out, you know, more about it, they'll at least remember them from like those little teaser segments. Like, Oh, that, every time they showed those teaser segments, that dude was still the champ and he was cleaning house for X amount of days and blah, blah, blah. Like people that don't watch NXT and 205 live. I mean, it, it really specifically with two, NXT, but again, 205 live still, but they should, we should know what's going on and you guys should treat it like it's cool as it is. I mean, to a certain degree, you don't want Michael Cole, talking about how cool NXT is because that almost makes it uncool right off rip. But (laughs) (laughs) that's almost what I think the bigger problem with Raw is too, because I I almost think it's time for Cole to step down because that's Tom Phillips and Byron and and Corey feels like the fresh perspective when they're talking about anything. Like they're just, they're, they're saying the exact same Tom Phillips saying the same shit. Here's what happened on last week. And, you know, this is what's going to happen. And, you know, go to the WWE.com. He's saying the same things, but just from Cole, it just sounds like we've heard it so many times. Like, yeah, Cole's talking about this again. Like, and Corey, tell me, what do you think about this? Like, this this wacky Aleister Black guy. That's why I'm glad he's on SmackDown, too, so we don't have to hear Cole sell us on Aleister Black because that's not something I want to hear. No. He's like the, he, he's like the old school salesman. Who, who tries to sell you a car? Oh, what do you think about this? Check out that engine. Yeah, it's, war. And, uh, it's it's horrible. It's 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 horrible. I mean, and I've I've, I've heard him on commentary, and, and I've heard him actually trip up and forget certain things. So it's like I, I, I think I think he's getting up there. Where where it's time to go ahead and you know pass pass the torch. Uh, but one one last thing I want to touch on WWE wise before we move on to. Uh, the last segment of the show, which is introducing uh, the episode of number two of season two, which is going to feature Effie and the Gymnasty Boys in one hell of a time we have there. One last thing I, I, I want to mention is um, I want to mention the Sasha Banks situation. And I'm sorry. Also, one other thing, the the War Raiders, the Viking, whatever, but we'll, we'll get to that last. Let's touch on <laughs> Let's let's touch on Sasha Banks. Well, not touch on her. Let's touch on the subject. <laughs> Sasha Banks. Uh, she's was apparently upset about what happened during Mania. Uh, you know, she was upset uh, as far as them not retaining the tag team titles at Mania, and there's rumors of. Her and uh, Bailey laying out on the hotel floor, or laying out on the on the stadium floor, as far as a little bit of a protest. And she basically had it, and she has not been seen since uh, WrestleMania. She even skipped out on the interview with Wendy Williams. Uh, so this, uh, it actually, it, to me, it, it probably hit her hard. You know, far as you know, building and pleading for this division and to become his first champions and not even have, not even win your first title defense. Uh, how do you all feel about the Sasha Banks situation? Is she overreacting? Uh, should she just play ball or does she have every right to feel the way she feels? Um, I think it's a mixture of all three, honestly. I mean, well, I want to say she's overreacting. I think that she 
you know, I guess she was told that they would have a lengthy run with the belt to bring prestige to the title, which I can understand that, you know. They were told they could defend them on every show. I think that would have been good exposure to the title going from NXT SmackDown to Raw. I think that would have been great. To even made them go to the UK, that would have been even better. But I think that, I think, you know, I think just having them lose it like that to the Iconics is not really, who's, in my opinion, is the Bella Twins 2.0. Um, basically put the belts on them, and honestly, they haven't really did nothing. I mean, you're having a few with Oscar and Kerry saying who can beat the shit out of you, really. But I think it's just... I think that they just didn't have a lengthy run. I think I'm, I don't blame her for being upset because that's probably how her whole career been. You know, she really hasn't been utilized. She, she, you know, she put her pride to the side, put herself on the back burner for Ronda Rousey. You know, even though she has the talent to be a great champion, you know, you know, injuries do get in the way with her. But you know. She's the one of the original four horsewomen and her to get utilized like that. I don't blame why she's mad, you know. So, hey, that's another person, you know. You know, I would just come back and work my contract and then just leave after that. I mean, you don't have to resign. You can tell them no. Okay. Doug, what do you think? <sighs> this this is one of those things where it's, it's really hard because you don't know what's true. We, I mean – Unless we're backstage, we don't know. So uh, a lot of times when I hear something like this, I automatically assume that it's just something that somebody made up that people would believe that, you know, after she, so, but like, it's been pretty much confirmed at this point that she's at least pissed, Um, you know, whether she was laying on the floor or whatever, any of that, any of the specifics. I mean, she clearly is not on TV and, they broke up her and, you know, they haven't really even mentioned her that much. Um, it kind of reminds me of, of Neville and Enzo though, but where I see the value in putting the belts on an Enzo or, or the Iconics because they don't have any respect. They're the heels that, you know, won by, you know, shady tactics or whatever. So, if you're going to build these belts up, you can't just have them just beat everybody and make everyone look weak for like eight months and then, you know, pass it on to someone else or even have them go even longer because that's just going to make everyone else look weak. But so, so part of me thinks that they let the Iconics get the belts because they're going to be a good team for a baby face team to chase after. And that because of the fact that they don't really communicate long-term plans well, or stick to long-term plans well, because of how fast they change so many different things that maybe if she would have reacted a little bit differently, she might've found out that, you know, the next story arc is you guys chasing them and maybe getting them back at SummerSlam or something like that. And then going on a run up until WrestleMania where then you give it to another team and have them go over and them take over the next year. So, like, I don't know. I, I, I respect the hell out of the passion that, that, that makes her react that way because that's what hopefully you want everyone to do. Um, but at the same time, too, it's wrestling. It's a prop. 
you're not a real champion necessarily. Like, <laughs> so like from a business standpoint of you, you actually, you know, being a part of the company and it's, if she actually felt slighted by dropping the belts to them, that's one thing. I don't think that that's what it is. I think she just wanted her and, and it's almost like get over yourself to a certain degree. So I, I see what Dre is saying. I don't know what the actual situation is, so I don't even know how I really feel about it. Whenever I see the story pop up, I'm like, man, because I, I like Sasha. I and mean, I was just watching um, one of those like WWE.com top 10 WrestleMania entrances thing where Snoop Dogg came out and everything. I'm like, oh, man, going on a little feels trip. Like, oh, man, that's us. That's so cool. Wrestling fan, you know, getting introduced by Snoop Dogg and Vitzer, you know, family or whatever. That's still a fucking awesome moment. Hmm. But it's like, dog. but, and, but then I think of, that's, but that's why I think that is she really that pissed off? Like, why would you want to go to, I don't know, maybe Snoop Dogg is down to go to AEW too, but I don't know, man. Like, <laughs> you, get, you get the opportunity to do so many cool things. She's still so young too. Like, the NXT is kind of like a blessing and a curse because you, you do so well at a young age, but then like, like Velveteen dream, like, Holy shit. That dude has 20 plus years ahead of him. And if he doesn't get like the world championship within like the first year being on the main roster, everyone's going to say he's buried and blah, 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 blah. And well, like, so it's like, I don't know, man, like with her, I really feel that if she would just, if, if she actually is pissed off, if she would just take a step back, I think she'd realize that she's still in the best place overall and that if she learns to kind of go with the flow a little bit while still pushing for herself, you know, don't just, you know, cave and become like a puppet for WWE. But I mean, time has shown, especially in recent history, that they don't respond well to people challenging them. They just don't. And they that maybe that's one of the things that we get out of AEW is that when WWE tries to play hardball and stuff, I think that's one of the reasons why they're doing all this stuff with contracts right now with, you know, you were hurt. So we're adding on to your contract. I mean, they're just making sure that people don't think that everyone and their mother can just request a release. And then everyone goes to AEW overnight. It's just, they can't do that. That's terrible <laughs> business. So, you know, I don't know, man. I, I think that they, with someone like her and Bailey, they at least had like a, the organic Bailey and Sasha breakup storyline to do. So I don't think she was going to fade into the black just because she dropped the belt. So I don't know. I, th I think it's a little over warranted, but who knows? All right. <clears throat> Here's my opinion on it, right? Should she be upset because she dropped the titles to the Iconics? I mean, it's the Iconics. Not saying that they're the worst tag team ever, but they haven't done much tag team wise for me to be like, oh man, this is going to be a badass heel tag team. I mean, they're 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 individually pretty good. Uh, they're not great. They're not Sasha and B Bailey's level, but given time, they will get there. Uh, but I believe that you know, even though they even though she dropped the titles to the Iconics. I I have to agree with what you said. Like, if, if she would have, you know, just sat back and just watched the picture unfold, then maybe, like you said, maybe at SummerSlam, redemption story. Uh, that's, that's that's but, the key word there. Yeah, yeah, that's the, that's the big key word. Maybe. With Vince McMahon, maybe can be maybe, okay, maybe they do. And 
fuck, maybe we'll just put you in a squash match against Tamina and, and Nia Jax, you know? That's, you know, so who never knows? Yeah, so I mean, yeah, you... I, I, I can see your frustration because it's like, well, who knows with this man? Who knows what he's going to do one day? He wants to push the title, and there's been stories where this man changed his mind on the instant like that. He doesn't stick with nothing. So... Who who knows? So um, yeah, I, can see her I mean, it's a, it's a big question mark. Who knows? I mean, I, I could definitely see her her being upset over that fact. But you know, as a business, the show must go on, and it's like, I mean, I, I like I understand the Hollywood, right? Not to get too off subject, like I, I understand the Hollywood. If the actor doesn't like what the script says. You can change, you know. They they can make changes to 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 a certain extent, right? We 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 hear about actors like Ed Norton, uh, Will Smith. We hear about actors like uh, Jim Carrey and uh, Eddie Murphy, and so so on and so on. That's that's went through and changed changed the lines of a strip or just went ahead and did freestyle. Here's the thing: WWE is a big big movie that is a continuous movie every single week. Right. Right. So it's like if we if we change the script every single time you didn't like something, then we will be fumbling around for three hours, two hours, or what have you. You know, it's ever since like the Daniel Bryan storyline with the Yes Movement and everything. There's like, and even with a little bit of CM Punk too. There's this. There's like this undercurrent of. A little no, it's not even necessarily that. I mean, I think that's just like a, I think that's an ego thing to a certain degree. Everyone thinks that they should be champion. Everything thinks they should be in a spot, but you know, put them actually with the belt and see how they actually react to it, and it's completely different. You know, everyone says the work starts when you win the championship, not when you, um, you know, before you get it. But you know, if you're gonna go into a situation where you're the champion and you know you're the champion you 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 take the belt you run with it but when with Vince changing things that makes it difficult but there's also the with, with the Daniel Bryan CM Punk thing they have this thing where now if the fans bitch and moan enough they'll get their way they, they've almost trained the fans that if you think that someone's getting underutilized just bitch or chant for him or, you know, whatever. So it's almost like if people don't bitch or they don't chant or whatever, then they, they consider them buried or whatever, or they're, they're not they're, they're They weren't good enough to get that push to begin with. It's almost like they feel justified backstage for not giving them that push. But at the same time, they, like you said, it's, it's a running movie. They can't, every time someone starts to get a little bit of steam, they can't uproot everything that they're doing because there's a chain reaction of things that they're setting up and stuff like that. So again, we don't know. And she may not even know, which is it. it, And the flip side of that is if she didn't know that they had a plan to like do a long-term thing where they get the belts back, then that's on them too, for not communicating that with her. Like, Hey, we're going to take the belts from you, but this is what we're setting up and this is what we're working towards and blah, blah, blah. blah. And if they're not there yet, then that's kind of scary. <laughs> like, ah, we just, 
we put them on the iconics you know fuck it we're gonna see how it works like that's not hopefully that's not how it worked but there had to be someone that was going to be chasing the iconics because i think they're underrated in the ring because they don't have they don't showcase them in the way that they're supposed to be good in the ring they're just there to be grating noisy clucking chicken heads that you know piss everybody off and then they get out of there with some sort of roll up or something like that so but that's what ends. That's why it said that the Neville and Enzo thing, like that's what Enzo was. He just is there to run his mouth. And that's what he brought to the table. He wasn't supposed to be Bret Hart in the ring. He was supposed to be, you know, running his mouth more than anyone else. That's what the iconics are. And that's what some heel teams are. They're not all beat the shit out of you. And, you know, don't apologize for it. Some of them just are smarter than you or get luckier than you or, you know, Ric Flair rolled people up all the time. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, he did. So, I don't know. Well, moving on from Sasha Banks, the very last thing WWE related I want to talk about is the War Raiders, the Viking experience, the Viking Raiders. Oh, my gosh. First of all, the Viking War Machine experience. (laughs) First of all, why? Why would you even change the name? And I can just see this conversation in happening between Vince and Triple H. And I, I, I can understand Triple H probably being pissed during this conversation. I can just hear Vince. So uh, you, you got a hot tag team down there. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, yeah, the, the, the War Raiders. Mm, uh, I don't like the name. Uh, let's call them the Viking Experience. And, you know, I, I can just see Triple H going, but they're my current NXT tag team champions. Yeah. That doesn't matter. Nobody watches the next. That's the shake up, damn it. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. So you bring them to the roster, and based off of their NXT takeover interests, you stick them with the Viking experience name. What, What I'm trying to figure out is why did you think that was cool to totally take that name and just flip like like flip it like that. Like I, I understand that Vince doesn't like the word war, quote unquote. I mean, this is just what is floating around online. I cannot confirm or deny these rumors, but he doesn't like the word war, right? So correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't it something called Monday Night War? Wasn't it something called the War Zone? Like, you know, Monday Night Raw. It, 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 it makes no sense. It could be a PG thing. I don't. I, I see that people say that stuff too. Um, it, it was just the way that they did it was just such a bad way to do it. If you're going to change the name, you either have to do it in NXT or you have to like do it with a vignette and not debut them in front of one of the smarkiest knowing what is going on crowds that you're going to have all year post WrestleMania, by the way, everyone is, they hear the music. They're ready to start chanting war, war, war. And the the Viking. So like, (laughs) it, it was just one of those things where if you would have presented it in a way where the people who were going to be shocked by it, like the people who already knew who the hell they were, had time to process it instead of having to process it live and in the moment, you know, 
it might have worked out a little bit better. I mean, the Viking Raiders, that's fine, I guess. I mean, is it? I guess. I, if you're going to, if you, if you, if we're going to operate under the fact that they have to be changed, I don't know what the hell to call them that's any better than that. So I don't, I don't know. I would have probably never changed them to begin with. So what you're telling me is you're okay with them putting the name of two football teams as a tag team. So <laughs> so we have the Minnesota Vikings, uh, soon to be Las Vegas Raiders here. Okay, I I got you. And if, if I'm not mistaken, I think these two actually played each other inside of a Super Bowl. Uh, but uh, you know, they had to I'm change just... the names too, though. Like if they changed the names and the name of the team, so like. That was rough too. To, to come, yeah. oh my gosh, the names the the names are so storybook. Yeah, so storybook. Yeah. Ivar, <laughs> what the fuck? No one believes that thirty years ago, someone in the year nineteen ninety named their child, who's clearly an American, Ivar. <laughs> <laughs> What 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 are you gonna name the baby? I'm gonna name it Ivar. What? Yeah. No, no, cancel that. But uh, you know, I'm 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 not I'm not gonna be- believe that. And it's, it's just to me, it, doing that only doing that only uh, piss more fans off uh, about uh, about the name change. It did. It just seems like meddling and micromanaging. It's just 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 overthinking these branding and marketing strategies too much. I think. It was. It's definitely you're, you're, you're trying to sell t-shirts. You're, you're trying to sell you're trying to sell merch. And the thing about it is they had literally got, got their first piece of merchandise at the NXT shop.com. Like they literally got their first piece of merchandise as the War Raiders and then you changed their name to this. Well, and then they filmed all those episodes of NXT where they're still the freaking War Raiders. So, like, you tune into to SmackDown or Raw or whatever, and you see the Viking experience, and then you tune into NXT on Wednesday, and they're back to being the War Raiders, and then you go back and watch, and then now they're the the Viking Raiders, and you go back to NXT, and they're still the War Raiders. So it's like, dude, what are you like, – like you were saying, like, Triple H is probably looking at him like, what the fuck are you doing to me, dude? You realize we tape NXT in advance, right? <laughs> He is totally fucking with him for no reason. I mean, you know that big ass screen that we have with our names on it? It's really fucking hard to edit that out of that if you change their fucking names on me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it is, man. I mean, but uh, in a a nutshell, um, I, I believe it's the worst decision made on this great planet Earth to ever be made. Uh, Dre. The Juice Man, your opinions on this clusterfuck of a name? I mean, yeah, I was I was shocked when I hear it. I mean, not, not only did they change like their tag team name, but they changed their like names too. Ain't their names changed too? Yeah, yeah, it, it's it's not the same names either. So it, it's, I mean, it's kind of weird that they doing that. I mean, but technically, it's it's from the whole. PG thing, I guess, you know, that, you know, being a publicly owned company, that's what, you know, you have to worry about what the 
shareholders are going to say, hey, we don't like war and for a kid-friendly thing. So, you know, I, I think that's where it comes from. But, yeah, it's it's a big clusterfuck because they are still NFT champions. So, what they going to call them down there? The Viking Raiders, Viking experience? And, like, come on. Man. It, it doesn't make any sense to me either. I don't understand. It, yeah, it makes it, it, it makes no name. Uh, makes no makes no name. It makes it makes no sense. Uh for for you for you to go from Hanson and Rowe. <laughs> it's like Eric and Rowan or something. No, no, no. It's it's Eric and Ivar. Yeah, there it is. Eric and Ivar. Sounds like a sounds like a streets of rage name, Ivar. I'm done. <laughs> and imagine that first match uh with Eric versus Rowan. <laughs> <laughs> It's kind of like it's kind of like that Spider Man gif when you had the two Spider Mans pointing at each other. Yeah. <laughs> but like, uh, if you if you if you blacked out of watching wrestling for a few years after the Wyatt family and then you came back and you saw Rowan <laughs> wrestling Eric, it's just you know, God. And and like, when when I first saw the the Titan Tron come up with the Viking experience, I, I thought that was like the subtitle. Thing. No, I thought it was like the subtitle. You know, like there that was like. The the big dog, you know, it's like, you know, the War Raiders, the Viking experience, you know, that would have made kind of sense from a branding standpoint. Like, you know, they they got the fucking Viking helmets and shit, okay, but they're the War Raiders. They're just they just so happen to provide you with the you know the Viking experience. That's not their name. That's like what they do. I don't know. It's so damn literal. <laughs> and to put the the cherry on the top of this this subject. Michael Cole trying to sell the name, number one. And then number two, after you change the name from the Viking Experience to the uh, Viking Raiders, you now call their finishing move the Viking Experience. I am completely fucking confused. <laughs> like, yeah, if I, I don't know if they're trying to set up a thing where since Sarah Logan has a year of being branded as the Viking chick on, you know, Smackdown that she could get her way into the fold and have something with all of them to do together. If that was the end game and they just couldn't figure out a better way to get there, I guess I, it's just, if you're not ready to pull the trigger on something like that, you can wait a week. How many times have we heard about someone being backstage coming back from an injury, but it just wasn't time to put them back out there yet. Like you couldn't wait one more week. And just just to make sure, and then maybe like send out like a tweet where it's like the Viking experience are backstage on SmackDown, like and let everyone melt down on Twitter, contain it, and then you know pivot and actually put it on TV for everybody. But it's just that's such a bold move. It's such a McMahon move to just be like, ah, fuck it, we're changing it and we're doing it now. Right. <laughs> They're Viking experience, damn it. It's like, no, no. Uh, He's got a beard. They're fucking Vikings. I can see it. I can, that, it's money all over it. But, uh, but just, <laughs> moving, just moving on from that, uh, we're going to go ahead and just move on and let's go ahead and do this quick commercial break and we'll go ahead and set up this interview for uh, the last segment of the show, which will be uh, episode number two of season two of the Marks at Night TV show available on YouTube for the current moment. 
with that being said, we'll be right back. I spit him until the entire story's told Not a prediction, I hit him with a submission hold Champion, it's not that easy to defend the title Talking on my back in every move I make is vital The show it shows, the high highs, the lower lows I'm not surprised, cause I know I see both of those It's Wrestlemania season, that's the reason I'm here I've been working towards the main event my whole career I ain't going nowhere, let it be loud and clear Hit you with the curb stomp, finish you off with a spear I'm like Jeff Hardy, I'm immune to the fear Once I hit the ring, all my critics disappear So, uh we are back after that commercial break. That song that you heard was bought to you by Ant Won't Stop, and that was his WrestleMania, uh, free, uh, his WrestleMania song that he uh, cre- created for WrestleMania 35. You can find his music available on Spotify, Google Play. Uh, you can also uh, find it, I believe, on iTunes as well, and, of course, Amazon, and he's available on YouTube. Make sure you follow him. Uh, on Twitter and Instagram, Ant Won't, Ant won't Stop, A-N-T-W-O-N-T-S-T-O-P. Follow him on uh, Twitter, Instagram, and so on and so on. Now, we have to set this interview up uh, for basically what's going to happen at this last segment. Let's definitely talk about the Battle of Cleveland. Uh, RSW put on one hell of a show over the April 12th and 13th weekend. And the last match of that night was between Chase, Winters, and Effie. That match, Jesus, that match deserved to be on TV. Uh That match was absolutely great. Um. Tell me, uh, Doug, you, you were there taking pictures. What what did you take away from that Effie and uh, Chase Winters match? The crowd was certainly ready for it, I'll tell you that. Um, I think a lot of people were there for both the Friday and the Saturday night show, so they got to kind of see the buildup of uh, each of them kind of going on the respective sides of their bracket, getting to that final match. But, man, the Chase clearly had the hometown uh, crowd uh, there for him because when he when he got the one two three that place was deafening. Um, but I mean, Effie had just talked the talk so much. I mean, one of the best promos in the independent scene right now, and he had he had that crowd fired up, wait, ready to see him lose. And fortunately enough for Chase winners, he did, but uh, certainly didn't go without a fight because. I was running all over the ringside trying to make sure that I was catching all the action because those dudes were beating the hell out of each other. Yeah, they they definitely were. Uh, One thing I know about Effie is Effie never wrestles the same match. He's always bringing out something new when you see him wrestle. And he put Chase Winters in this submission that I've never seen before. It It looked like a mix between the walls of Jericho but he had his feet all the way near his shoulders and basically chased his body underneath him. And that submission looked very, very painful. Uh, I have to agree that that match was definitely uh, the highlight to me of the whole entire weekend. But not only that, just just to see Chase Winters uh, make it through the whole entire tournament uh, as the winner, uh, a lot of people were pulling for Effie. Uh, and unfortunately, Effie didn't come out with the win. But what happened 
after that whole entire uh, card, what happened afterwards is something that we have to just touch on. Uh, we're we're trying to interview Effie, and we end up getting interrupted by the Gymnasty Boys. Uh, damn, how did you feel about that, Dre? Uh, <laughs> I think one of them took a good liking to you the whole time rubbing on you and stuff. Kind of. That was Timmy kinda, Lou. Yeah, that's kind of iffy, but I mean. <laughs> Yeah, it it was it was one hell of an interview. I know that I was just sitting there cracking up the whole time. So, hey, you know, you never know what's going to happen in these interviews we did after the show. We had so much stuff going on in our interviews after um, after Battle of Cleveland. You know, I can tell you, just watching the show, you'll see for yourself. Doug, your takeaway? (laughs) You know, here I am after taking all these pictures thinking that I'm just going to be able to, to chill out and just take a few of Effie and have that be the end of it. And all of a sudden gymnasty boys come in, but I wasn't complaining once they started talking to each other. Cause it was certainly entertaining. Yes, it was. <laughs> I, yes, I, it was. I would have to say it was one of the most entertaining uh, interviews that we had. And let's just say uh, we just pushed the envelope just a little bit more here with Mars with Mike's and Marks at Night, the the TV show, which is available on YouTube for the time being. Uh, but with that being said, we're going to get right into this post-match interview at uh, the Marks at Night show, shot right there at Mulberry's Bar located here in Cleveland. Uh, I'm going to give you a little snippet here on the podcast. I'm not giving you the whole interview like I usually do. You're going to have to go to YouTube, and you're going to have to go to the Marks at Night page to watch it in its entirety. That's M-A-R-K-S-A-T-N-I-G-H-T. And, of course, put a space in between that, please. Uh, You know, Mark's at night. Not the way I spelled the straight through, but make sure you go to YouTube, check it out, leave a comment. The best comment... Oh, yeah, and follow us, subscribe, put that notification bell. But the best comment left on that video, we're going to sing you something special. Guaranteed. We are back once again. Marks with Mike's, Marks at Nights, right here at Mulberry's in Cleveland, Ohio. Just finished a hell of an event. Just finished the main event. We had Effie one-on-one with Chase Winters, and we do have the guests inside the building. But I am, of course, I am joined by my co-host, the Juice Man, Dre. The Juice Man is in the building. Let's get it. Of course, from Dark Match Podcast, our special guest is inside the building once again. Pat is here. Thank you for having me back once again. Yes. No problem, man. And that voice that you just heard is Effie. Effie, how's it going, baby? It's I'm in I'm in a lot of pain right now. Me and Chase Winters just went for it. Mm-hmm. And I already said it on Twitter. I tweeted it like five minutes ago. I only lost that match because I kept getting lost in his gorgeous eyes. I swear. <laughs> you look up at that man and you're like, please hit me. Lord, just hit me. I, I've been in the I've been in the ring with him. I I get lost in his eyes. Too. Right? I know. He he's he's got a 12 pack. Yeah. 
and the whitest teeth I've ever seen. Yeah, and like, <laughs> yeah, the eyes itself, like, it's just like, I can't hit you. It goes against every part of my nature to, like, attempt to hurt that man. Yeah. You I mean, know what I mean? He's a very pretty man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he, he's pretty, but I'm big sexy around this oh, motherfucker. Baby. Uh, I gotta tell you, though, earlier in the show, you came out to overturn a decision where there was some cheating going on. Yes, yes, I had to, man. And when I saw your tall ass walk through the curtain, I was saying, this is a man with some power. This is a man with some authority. I believed it. And we need that in wrestling. We need authority figures that can handle their own business, mm -hmm. that are big enough to fight, and that even wrestlers, even the tough dudes in the ring are gonna look at that and go, it's not worth it to get into. Well, like I've always said for many years, for the benefit of your health and my freedom, I don't think we should go through this. So with that being said, you definitely put on a hell of a show for this crowd. The crowd was split right in between Effie, Chase, Effie, Chase, and then of course out of nowhere, Chase pulled out the win, and now I know you're happy for the kid. He's young. Well, okay, and here's what I have to look at, because you think back on your match as soon as it's over. What, what went wrong? Why did I lose? Why did I get stuck in this compromising position? Number one, let's get real technical with it. It was very hot in that room. Yes. When, when you're sitting there, it's fine. When you get in that ring, you're like, girl, I did not expect this. So you're breathing. You're going through this. You're trying to put this man down. You know his leg is messed up. All right, you saw what Prophet did to him earlier, right? Prophet went for the leg for the full match, ruined his leg. So Kid doesn't have his legs. Usually, from what I've seen, watching Chase wrestle, he's gonna finish with some big stuff, with some kicks, with some flying, with some action. And he didn't have that tonight. He knew his leg was messed up, but he also knew he could leverage that thing against my neck because, I mean, the building went black when he hit that clutch on me at the yes, end. What option? I don't have an option when I'm that stuck. I put up a hell of a fight, though. Do not forget that. No, you did. You did. Put the beating to that man. But it's, sometimes it's those split-second things that if you're not 100% there for it, and guys will come out of fights and lose and go, well, this and this, you know, and make excuses. Right. When you when you get caught up, when you're trying to push this man. Yay, yay! What's up, baby? Oh, my God. What's up, baby? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It is We're the gym, nasty so boys. Cool. What's, up, baby? What's going on? Yeah, sure, man. Oh, Dap me up. Gosh. That's all right. Yes, How you yes. going? Now you know what you're getting into. Yeah. How y'all doing? We're doing good. Oh, oh my gosh. What? Whoa. whoa. What is going you know on here? Oh, it was wow. too deep. Oh, I get that. That was right. $75. How'd that feel? went in a lot. $75. Yeah. yeah. God damn. Yeah, we're really expensive. That's why I guess we don't get booked a lot. I felt that in my throat. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's what he said. Oh I mean, my God. <laughs> wow. Listen, I gotta, while I've got the gymnasty boys here and we're right. on record, I'm gonna let you guys speak. I wanna tell you, tell everyone this. Right. This too deep right here, where, where are we going? What direction are we going with the too deep? It doesn't matter. Any Both? direction. Okay. They do it and they make it look sweet. These two. Right. The facts are, I've seen what can happen when the Binge. too deep goes wrong. Uh -huh. It will put a man down instantly if that too deep comes at you yeah. and messes you up. I don't want to be put down at all, to be quite honest. Uh, too deep ain't got no name on it. You're right. It, it does in Japan, literally. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> and I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure it flew way over their heads. Let it fly. Let it fly. I mean, Here's what you're going to notice about these. A lot of people talk about gymnasty boys, right? Right. 
Talk bad. Gym Nasty Boys, they're gonna do some goofy stuff. Gym Nasty Boys are gonna be too much fun. They're gonna do comedy right now. Hey, fuck that. It's 20. Let me tell y'all a secret. Y'all gotta be gotta be good. Listen. I ain't got no family. The facts are. The only reason people think the Gymnasty Boys are fun and comedy and too playful and they don't take it seriously is because they literally are such deadly wrestlers that this this is a game to them. They can take you out at any time. Timmy Lou is one of the baddest MFers in the game. White Mike is one of the best technical wrestlers in the world if he wants to be. Hey. They can kill the match at any moment and decide you're done. Why not play with your prey? Hey, I think play that's with our money, the deadly part. We decide to play with our funny, so you don't have it, you don't get it. Facts. Big facts. <laughs> Big facts. That's how I look at it. That's where I'm at with it, man. I've been doing it 12 plus years. I'm ready to get mine. My man's been doing it for five. He's hungry too, if not hungry. more hungry. We're all hungry. We're all hungry out here. Look at this sexy trio right here. Oh. We can get a. This is a sex man tag waiting that's, to happen. This is Mount Thrustmore. Ooh. Oh. The real like mouth that. thrust more. I God. like that. For real. I, I We're missing our boy Suge over in the UK. Killing it in the UK. People ask us. Everybody Man, gets their hometown. Mike! Whoa. Oh. Again, Mike? Seriously? Stop. Hey, hey. Suge D paved the way yeah. for us to wear tacky scarves. Oh, I thought you was talking about Suge. This other Suge No, 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 no. Hey, you know when they announce the hometowns for everyone? Oh, from Cleveland, Ohio. Right. From New York City. Right. You know why we don't get our hometowns announced? Why? Because we're not local. It doesn't matter where oh, we're from. Oh. We're showing up wherever we want. National items wherever we want. And taking over that the show, obviously. Armchair bookers, Woo. drug addict bookers. Who doesn't make a fuck, man? We're out here. No, I'm sorry. Goddamn. Hey, we just making the towns. That's all we want to do. And then we're going to be on to the next one. With that being said, I am Mr. Six Foot Nine. Uh, this is Dre the Juice Man. Hello. And filling in today for Ryan Mack is our, our good buddy, Doug. And uh, we definitely enjoyed you, man. Can't wait to have you back on. Thank yeah, you. I need to get a fancy name. I just Doug. <laughs> you Doug got... Funny? Nah, come on, man. Nah, come on, Doug Funny. Are you serious? <laughs> we got... I've been, I've been waiting to say that the whole show. I'm sorry. You got to at least bring it back to the 21st century and give me, like, the, the Doug from Hangover song. Like, the Doug, 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 Doug. You know what? I am going to do that just for you. As we end off this episode, we will serenade you with the Hangover's hit single, Doug. <laughs> Our Doug is a... Uh, this is the wrong Doug. Our Doug is a white... <laughs> I'll be a Doug. Dear journal. I'm sorry. I'm done. Yeah, come on, man. All right. At least give me the Dougie Fresh or something. Dougie Fresh. There's so many things we can come up with. I'll I'll let you guys marinate on it. Let us know on Twitter what my name should be. You know what? I like that. We're actually going to propose that question. We're going to propose that question right here on Twitter today. On Thursday, we're going to go ahead and propose that question. We need a nickname for Doug on the podcast. I'm going to let the fans pick it out. And the best one, we have to stick with it. What the shit did I just get myself into? This is my idea. This is going to be terrible. I'm just leaving up to these heathens on Twitter. (laughs) Oh, come on, Dre. Stop it. All right. I've been getting it since first grade. I'm used to it. <laughs> oh my gosh, Dre, you are horrible. Well, 
we're going to close out the show and we're going to serenade you with the sounds of Doug. Ladies and gentlemen, episode number 64, it's a wrap and we will see you next week, same time, available on every platform where podcasts are available right here at the mic. And we will see you right back here on the Marks with Mike's podcast. See you next week. Head, we're gonna get you back to Tyson and your cozy tiger bed And then we're gonna find our best friend Doug And then we're gonna give him a best friend hug Doug, Doug, oh, Doug, 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 Doug But if he's been murdered